What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Worlds Podcast. I'm Jake, and with me, as always, is the Deadpool to my chimichanga. It's Casey. What's up, buddy? I'm going to eat you up. <laughs> oh, not much, man. What's up with you? Uh, you know, it's it's been a pretty chill day. It's storming yeah. right now. Yeah, it's it looks like it could here, but I don't think it's going to. By the way, you got your uh, Loot Crate Deadpool shirt. I used to have one of those, but then my girlfriend was like, this is a soft one. I'm taking it. So now I no longer have it. Yeah, I feel that. And it it was the inspiration for, uh, I know it says tacos, but when I read the Danny Way Deadpool series, which is the best one in my opinion, he was always more obsessed with chimichangas. And I let you be Deadpool because I think you're funnier than me. I have a face that looks like hamburger is what you're trying to say. I, I just said it's because you're funnier than me, but but okay. okay. <laughs> you need a confidence boost, buddy. I know, man. <laughs> anyway, we can hop into the news. But actually, before that, I, I want to ask you, Casey. So this week on our Instagram, which is at Two Worlds Pod, I posted a picture from an old Avengers cover that I was pricing at the shop. And I asked people... Um, if you could pick six people off this cover to form an Avengers team, who are you picking? And I was curious what your answer was. Yeah, I saw that. It's funny. My dad actually has that comic because nice. I've, I've seen that before. So like, it's there's been cool multiple cover. times. It is. <laughs> it's one of those ones that's like easy for me to be like really into off just right off the bat because it's like, oh, I get to choose things. But then you right. really don't. <laughs> but I'm going to pull it up really quick so I remember all the people. I know Ron the Space Knight would be on my team for sure. Like, no one's buying this book. <laughs> but um, Ron the Space Knight will be there. Hulk, She-Hulk. And yeah, you know, two Hulks, one comic. Um, Doctor Strange, Wolverine, and Daredevil. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a wild time. They're not going to get much done, really. Right. I uh, I think for me, I'm going to go Invisible Girl, uh, Wolverine, Surfer. Uh, Power Man's going to be my heavy hitter. And then uh, go Spider-Man and uh, probably Daredevil. Dude, you said Surfer, but then you're like, but Power Man's my heavy hitter. Well, okay. <laughs> that's not how i meant it i meant just like super strength like surfers there to like boy this fight isn't going well surfer yeah (laughs) dude just that reminds me and we have a lot to talk about so i shouldn't be bringing this up but there was this issue of uh new warriors that i got because i had nova on the cover i like a it was like at a yard sale or a flea market or something but i was like oh nova with thing i have to get this one and so like they were fighting Terax and they're just like basically just trying to weaken him until Surfer could show up to save the day. Like that was basically their whole plan was just like, Hey, <laughs> and it's like the rest of the, it was just Nova and then Ben Grimm. And I think maybe another fantastic four guy, you know, they had these big guns Reed made and they're just shooting at him. Well then like, the rest of them are on crowd control trying to save people. Then Surfer shows up, saves the day. <laughs> <laughs> See, I actually really appreciate moments like that where they're where they know the role they play. I think yeah. that's great. <laughs> yeah, it was just it's just pretty great because it's just like, oh yeah, you know, this is just a hundred percent. Let's hope Surfer shows up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's see that that's why dc makes it a little easier because anybody that's close to superman just has to like whisper you know clark and he's there and that's like always one of my favorite moments but anyway uh we do have a lot to talk about so let's finally get into the news and i know that you have a few more than me casey so i will let you get to it okay so i'm just gonna start off with um what we talked about last week with daredevil ending uh chip from his newsletter was talking about it and he kind of like brought you know like news like like made fun of the all the headlines like oh daredevil's been canceled and he's like thanks bleeding cool or wherever you know whatever he's like it's not done we don't know if it's gonna pick up back up at 37 or if it's gonna you know be a new number one but 36 they're just gonna take a break It'll be a new it, number one. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. But it's just like they they still have a lot of stories they want to tell. But I get like the way it sounds, it's like a giant gonna be a giant size, you know, 36, and they're just gonna take a break for a couple months, then get back into things, which is really exciting. And also in that newsletter, Chip announced that he's gonna get to write his first Star Wars story. It's co-written by Jason Liu. Uh, it's gonna be a Star Wars adventure, so it's through IDW. And it's going to be a Lando story. So should be pretty fun. Chip writing Lando is going to be a great time. Yeah. That is cool. I, I've not gotten into Star Wars Adventures. And they've done a lot, of, like a handful of series at this point. But uh, Star Wars Adventures is like the, uh, the all-ages Star Wars books. That, that's what I was figuring whenever... It was that. I still think it's so weird how like Marvel publishes most, but then IDW's got some. Don't yeah. know how that works, but I don't know. They're they're treating IDW like an imprint, which is funny. But yeah, yeah. If you like, if if you have a kid that loves Star Wars and needs like something to read, the IDW Star Wars Adventures is Chef's Kiss. Yeah, and I'm gonna since I do have a little bit more than you, I'm just gonna roll right in the next one. I want to get your opinion on this, like just your excitement level, because you're the He-Man man of this group. <laughs> um, there's a new He-Man show coming out. It's going to be more. It seems way more kid friendly than the uh, like the Kevin Smith one. It looks like it's all CG. They got like the ridiculous body proportions. You know, like, are you have you seen anything for it? Are you excited? Are you not excited? I, or... I haven't. I haven't seen that. Um, but if it's not like too kitty then yeah i'm excited for it i'll give it a shot but i i hadn't heard this until you had mentioned something about it yeah like there's people on twitter talking about it and then like i mean i didn't see like i follow a lot of like people that are are like oh well a bunch of man babies are just gonna hate it off the top now then other people like why do we get more he-man why you know like (laughs) so there's no one that was actually like genuinely just excited about that we could you know i could see their response but right I mean, I, I, just, uh, sorry, I don't like I don't like the animation for it, but it's one of those things where it's like if they get like someone like the writing in it is good, it could be a hit. I mean, like Sonic Boom was really stupid, but it had jokes every once in a while that were actually pretty funny. If it had stuff like that going on, that could work with especially with He-Man. I agree. I think Sonic Boom is a perfectly acceptable uh, comparison. I like. So I I just Googled it while you mentioned that. I like how Skeletor looks, but overall, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. And also, I don't like that Orko is a robot. I think that's weird. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I hope it's good because sometimes you get 
sonic boom and sometimes you get thundercats roar so yeah hopefully it's more of a sonic boom i mean and i didn't watch the whole trailer or anything like that so i don't even know if there was a whole trailer i just thought that this was a thing that was happening so i mean like if they're still making like a sword and sorcery fun adventure unlike with the thundercats one where it was like oh we're just trying to do teen titans go again you know where this like if this, they try to actually make it like a, just a basically like what he-man was to begin with it could easily work just with like humor more adult humor thrown in for the parents that have to watch it with the kids right who are forcing their kids to watch it with them yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh they did like the top 200 comics and graphic novels um, that were ordered in July. And I just wanted to mention like the top 10 of graphic novels and single issues because I thought it was neat. Um, so for graphic novels, number 10 is the Savage Sword of Conan, the original Marvel Years Omnibus. Uh, number nine was Symbiote Spider-Man King in Black. Eight was Avatar The Last Airbender, Suki Alone. Number seven was My Hero Academia, Volume 10. Number six was Loki, Mistress of Mischief. Five was History of the Marvel Universe. Number four was The Invincible Compendium, Volume 1. Three was um, The Marvel Masterworks, Fantastic Four, Volume 1. Number two was Firepower by Kirkman and Samney, Volume 3. And the number one made me happy. It's Star Wars Legends, Old Republic Omnibus, Volume 1. So I'm glad that uh, some Dark Horse Star Wars got the, got the love there. <sighs> Any of those surprise you at all? I mean, honestly, most of them, none of them, like, are what I would have picked out. Except for, like, I always hear how like my hero academia and like other mangas are actually outselling comic books. So like that one, I wasn't too surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised if like one piece would have been on there and dragon ball and all, you know, like all the other staples of mangas right. were on there, but yeah, no, I mean, it's for the most part, it was all surprising. Right. Did on. you read that avatar one? I did. Yeah, it was really good. Um, good. Those comics are great, man. If you if if you love the show and like want additional content, then those comics are perfect. All right, and then the top ten uh, ordered single issues. Number ten was Amazing Spider-Man seventy-one. Number nine was Star Wars Bounty Hunters: Job of the Hut. Number eight was Star Wars High Republic. Number seven. Number seven was Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number or War of the Bounty Hunters, number two. Six was Skybound X, number one, which kind of surprised me, but was neat because that actually sold pretty well at my store, too. Number five was Mom, a.k.a. Mother of Madness, uh, number one, which is the, uh, the image title that um, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones wrote. Number four was Sinister War, number one. Three was Extreme Carnage Alpha, number one. Number two was Moon Knight, number one. And number one was X-Men, number one. You'll notice that uh, this was all through Diamond, so there, there are no DC I titles. Gotcha. And uh, I am curious what those numbers are as well. But unfortunately, this report is just for Diamond. Yeah, I was surprised Jabba made the top 10, I'll be honest. 
You know, I'm not because people were like trying to sell that thing for like 20 bucks after it came out. And I'm like, I mean, okay, sure. But also like everybody ordered this book and clearly like it was the number seven most ordered comic. So why are people yeah. trying to sell it for 20 bucks? Because clearly enough were printed. Yeah, but that is just the state of comics ridiculous. right now. Uh, but anyway, I, I love seeing Moon Knight and number two because... Uh, as we'll find out later, I am loving the series, so I'm glad that the first one sold well. Me too, man. So, uh, Walter Mosley, in parentheses, an acclaimed novelist, where I read this, it was on their Marvel website, so they didn't like list out the novels. They were just like, he's, he's acclaimed. Uh, he's going to write The Thing this November. It's a six-issue miniseries. Tom Riley, Tom Riley is on the art. I'm so excited for a thing miniseries. I hope it just becomes like a series instead. Like I hope everyone just like, yes, give us all of your thing. And then Marvel's like, you want it? Here you go. <laughs> I think that'll be one that like, no offense, Casey probably won't get more, but will like sell well enough. Yeah. I mean, a, a guy can dream. Absolutely. Um, another little small one for me, Jonathan Hickman confirmed that he is done with X-Men after the upcoming Inferno event. So it sounds like it'll be Substack only from him. That's interesting. I'm pretty surprised, but it'll be, I'd be very interested in seeing what he produces via Substack with like just his insane mind going into like what, however many books he's writing, like it's going to be a nightmare to try to, you know, read not from the beginning so like start early but it yep. might be pretty awesome absolutely so entertainment fish reported that kate bishop aka hawkeye aka hawkeye and lucky the pizza dog are gonna be back in comics uh it's gonna be written by marika Nijikamp and art by anid balam it's uh set to be released in november i don't think it's a mini series i don't think it's i don't know if it's a mini series or a full-time series but i'm really excited i've loved love that character since matt fractions run so like she's just now it's like kind of like anytime she gets a book i'm gonna be reading it so i'm gonna have to check that out and um oh you have something to say about that man well yeah just that i hope that it's as good as when matt fraction did it which is a tall order but uh i i just want those characters to like stay awesome in my mind from that series yeah, well, I mean, I really liked her, like, like basically Maxi series that came out like a couple of years back. That was really good. It was a lot of fun. So if it can just stay that level, it'll be fine. And that number one from that series, uh, which is that cool yellow cover with her standing on it, is like 25 bucks right now. <laughs> Why? It's her first solo series. Oh, okay. Um, so the Eternals trailer came out it got Galactus trending on Twitter because people saw a celestial and they're like, Oh, it's Galactus. <laughs> Is that really it? Cause I watched yeah. the trailer and I'm like, I don't get why Casey said this yeah. in the notes. Cause that's not Galactus. Yeah, no, it, it was like, I was like, I mean, it's really cool seeing it in the trailer. Like I thought the trailer was kind of lame in general, my personal opinion, cause I don't care about the Eternals, but seeing the celestial was awesome but yeah no people are like 
look at that it's Galactus and then people then started making fun of the people that don't know comics or you know the characters on Twitter and then it was a whole thing of being like half of it was like Galactus and internals and people going it's not stupid pick up a comic book and that whole thing (laughs) you know I don't know anything about the internals either but I thought the the trailer did get me a little bit excited compared to the teaser we got before because with that I was like yeah I have no idea what's going to happen but this trailer gave us a little more info which which made it more interesting it's still like the dumbest thing on the planet to me where they're like well, why didn't you help out against Thanos well they said we can't do anything for against you know to help out the human problems it's like that's an everybody problem he was doing the whole it wasn't just humans yeah who told you it was just humans he was getting rid of you idiots right well that's called eh, we don't have a better excuse yeah <laughs> all right uh so I was curious if you were excited for this at all. Fiona and Cake are getting an HBO Max series. Um, HBO greenlit that this week. I think it was on like Tuesday or something like that. Um, it's going to be a 10 episode series where uh, they will explore the relationship between Fiona and Cake and the mysterious land of Ooh. And Adam Muto will serve as the showrunner and executive producer. So. Uh, I know we're going to get Simon Ice King and a couple other characters in there, but I think the focus is going to be on those three. I mean, I probably would have been, but I don't know if you'd watched any of the uh, Adventure Time, like, I don't know if it's like the sequel series or whatever you call it that, that came out on HBO Max, but I watched all of those and like the finale one that came out where it was like basically Jake and Finn and them being dead it was just kind of like i'm just like i'm like kind of kind of cooled me on adventure time for a while guys thanks <laughs> now i actually haven't seen that yet well spoiler alert they die <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah dominique thorn aka uh riri williams is going to debut this character in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which I think is a weird choice. You'd think she would be coming up in like Armor Wars or anything Iron Man related, but they're doing it first in Wakanda Forever. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. Well, speaking of movie stuff, Anthony Mackie is reportedly close to closing a deal to star in, in Captain America 4. And there's like no other info on that at all. <laughs> They're just yeah, like, see, like, we want to do another cap movie. Anthony Mackie's probably going to be cap in it. It's like, yeah, I, I've even heard that it's basically a done deal at this point. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there was any doubt after winter soldier yeah. and Falcon. So. Yeah. Um, Did you Black watch that, Canary? By the way? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I mean, it's it's one of those things with HBO or uh, Disney Plus. I just forget that it's a thing. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, Black Canary, there's going to be a film in the works for this. It's going to be written by Misha Green, who worked uh, with Journey on Lovecraft Country, and her name also is Green. At, you know, in it, so Green Arrow is probably going to be in the movie. Just using this logic, but no, it it probably going to happen. You know, like 
the move this is going to happen on HBO Max. Uh, I didn't like I, I've said before. I didn't really like Birds of Prey that much. What I watched of it, it's not really Journey's. Nothing to do with Journey. Hopefully, this is going to be better directed than that movie. Uh, you excited about this though? Did you like her character? Because I know you watched the whole thing. Yeah, I did like her character, even though it wasn't like super black canary for me. She was still like one of the better characters in the movie. So I gotcha. I'll watch this. I mean, yeah, even if it's straight to HBO, like I think that could be cool. Yeah, I think so too. And I'll pull up. Okay. So before I forget this, I don't know how interested like people in your shop are for primordial. Like, do you have anyone that's like, Oh yeah. Besides me, there's a couple. Well, is there enough to do a 101 variant? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Because there's going to be a 101 variant cover uh, for primal- Primordial. It's a Jeff Lemire variant. So you got Jeff's, you know, stuff on it. It looks pretty cool. Like, I didn't know if you were going to be like, yeah, well, if it's Jeff Lemire cover, I'm going to have to do this and give it to Casey for free. Yeah. No, I, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I clearly that's like a super special cover right and yeah i can't imagine there's gonna be a ton of them out there but it's funny it it even it's happened here lately where somebody will ask for like a one in 100 in my weekly email the week that that title's coming out like oh and by the way could you throw in that one in 100 it's like dude i didn't order anywhere close to that like what do you mean? No. I just love the idea of them of you being like, "Oh yeah, while well, I'm doing your polls, I'll just pull put in the one in one hundred and charge you normal price." You know, because like <laughs> you tricked me. Yeah, I and really, I've had to explain what the ratios mean to people because some some people genuinely don't know what it means. A quick little recap: a one in one hundred means that I have to order one hundred copies of any non-incentive cover, like A and B, mm-hmm. to get one single copy of that Jeff Lemire cover. So that's that's why those on eBay are expensive because it costs a lot to get them. <laughs> now, I have a question. Have you ever gotten the 101 variant on a book and where it's actually paid off, like you were able to sell the majority of those books? No, I mean, if I'm honest, I have gotten books like that. Uh, I've done a one in 100, I've done one in 75, and one in 50s, but uh, somebody will pre order it for, from me well in advance. I make them pay for it up front so that I can pay for all those yeah. darn copies of the book. And we work out a deal where I make them buy like 15 or 20 copies of the comic gotcha. as well, because you know, you, you got to realize that it, that shops only have limited space they can't just keep you know Mm -hmm. 50 copies of a book because somebody wanted that one variant now one other question then we can get off this but if you get the 100 variant of what's of this book but he has like variants for like i don't know however many tiers up to it would you get the variant for all those tiers or is it just like now you just get the one in 100 no you do you'd order four one in 25s two one in 50s uh but you still have to like you don't just get them like you have to still order the book and pay cost to get those yeah so no i got that i just wasn't sure if they'd be like oh no if you don't get four of the you know 
25s and two of the 50s and 10 of the 10s and all that stuff. You just get you you choose. I didn't know if it was like that or not. <laughs> no, you can you can get everything leading up to it. Okay. That. Well, that's that's good at least. Yeah. All right. So, uh Charles Soul is going to continue the War of the Bounty Hunters story in a six-issue mini-series called Crimson Rain. Uh, because I guess a 30 comic crossover just wasn't enough to get this full story out. <laughs> I mean, you excited? No. For some crimson rain. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. I, as you'll find out shortly, I think I'm pretty much done with this crossover. <laughs> That's too bad. You, you know, was... it is. I don't, I don't blame Charles soul for it. Uh, I blame Marvel in general, but it's too much, man. It's too yeah. much. And like, if this if this upcoming story is just six issues, I would consider it. But I I just don't know anymore. Yeah, they're gonna have like Star Wars, you know, the regular Star Wars book, Crimson Rain, Bounty Hunter Wars, and then like Jabba the Hut, Crimson yep. Rain, probably. Yeah. Then they're going to do the High Republic Crimson Rain. It's like, how's this connected? <laughs> we don't know. It's thousands of years beforehand. <laughs> okay, so uh, DC and Webtoon announced a creative partnership. They're going to create a standalone webcomic set to appeal to all fans without the need of any prior info. Additional details are going to be provided in the coming weeks. Uh, I think this is like a really good idea on DC's part because there's so many different people that complain about, oh, I don't have any knowledge of this stuff. I just like the characters. I don't know where to start. And it's also like, I guess I don't I don't know what Webtoons is like. I'm, you know, old, but I know a lot of people always talk about that on Twitter where it's like Webtoon takes up a lot of the comic capital right now so it's like it's smart of them to be getting in this now, which it's like not something DC does is ever, you know smart things so it's nice that they're actually doing something smart for once yeah uh i'm a little torn on it honestly i i see good and bad both um you know if, if people need a good place to start then that's fine but also um whether creative teams make it make a new series a good place to start or not uh, go to your local comic shop and ask one of the workers where's a good place to start for this character because I want to read it and they can direct you to something that should fit that criteria. Yeah, but two things. One thing, there's not not a lot of local comic shops anymore. And then even when we were kids, some people just had to go to bookstores to get their comics. And so they couldn't, you know, like, you know, I can ask the person working at the bookstore, even the bookstores don't even exist anymore. What comics good? Cause they'll just say, I don't know. And then it's also like, you hear stories about people going into comic book shops that aren't as good as comic headquarters on telegraph road in St. Louis. <laughs> and they get treated very poorly. Or if they're a lady, they're treated very creepily. So it's like, you know, like that way kind of makes sense too. Cause it's like, like I said, not everyone is as good as you guys. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's fair. So really what we're saying is just come to comic headquarters. I will treat you like a person. Yeah. I won't hit on you. And I have really good taste in comics. So I'll find you something that you want to read. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I think it's going to be something pretty good. And it's, it's a, 
smart I, I, it's a smart idea but i just think they need to kind of stick to helping out comic book shops though too like i agree with you like it's they're trying hard and harder to get away from this and it's just not the best idea i know and also i don't know i know webtoons is like getting massive like i'm seeing advertisements for it on twitch and stuff like that so i guess the you know the popularity is there and they're just trying to capitalize on that which is fine um but it's just like, dude, you guys are partnering up with Webtoons. You're partnering up with Walmart. And like, it's not really working. So just, can you just like focus on us? You know, yeah, right. these, these places that are like, just getting by here. So yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. I, again, like it, digital comics are fine. But also for, for me personally, it's like these Webtoon stories don't matter. You know, mm-hmm. like if they do, then they need to be put out through comic shops if it's in continuity. And if not, then it's nothing that people already reading comics really need to worry about that much because it's not it doesn't have anything to do with what we're reading already. Yeah, uh, I mean, this this to me is the equivalent of like handing of being like tobacco company handing out cigarettes to kids like as they're leaving school. It's like we're just doing enough for them to come back for more. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so I got some insider rumors that I saw via my random social media stuff. So, like, take this up with a grain of salt, but it's interesting. So, one of the rumors is that there's going to be an icon, that icon is a character that WB is likely to move to live action for HBO Max soon, which could be pretty awesome if it's done well. You you hope that happens, or are you kind of like, eh? I do hope that happens, but like, it's one of those things where I hope the budget's there because Icon is like Superman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whether you like, you know, uh, CW superhero shows or not, like, clearly the budget isn't always there. And for Icon, it needs to be, especially if they want Icon to like be a big thing going forward. It sounds like with HBO Max movies, they are trying to make it movie budget, though. So, like, it, that's how it seems. And I don't know if that's actually the case because it's still Warner Brothers and they're kind of dumb. So, right. I think and it's a good the, move, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And especially since they're doing a static one, they could kind of connect them, same universe, all that stuff. Bring in Rocket, too. Yeah. And then uh, the other, other rumor is that Affleck has been approached to be in Batgirl. So that could be really exciting, especially if they, once Discovery merger happens, they can take over and, you know, and then Snyder could be maybe brought back in and this then connect to the Snyderverse and all that fun, yeah. crazy stuff. So that sh- could be really interesting. And plus, it'd just be nice to see Batfleck again. I thought he was a fantastic Batman. Yeah. I mean, the, the Snyder cut of Justice League is one of my favorite superhero things I've ever watched in just just keep pouring it on you know through mm-hmm. hbo or wherever like i i'm here for all of it and some you know i was talking to a, a customer about this the other day where you know it's one of those dc isn't doing as great as marvel in the movies and blah 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 and i'm like dude 
that that might have been true at one time, but I really don't think that's true as much anymore. Like their last few outings have been way better than what we were getting when they were first putting these movies out. And, you know, with Marvel, as Casey and I have said multiple times, everything is like cookie cutter now. Where with DC, it's not as much like everything's mostly serious, but then we get something like Shazam or even Aquaman was a little more lighthearted and certainly Suicide Squad. So it's like, cut them some slack. Yeah, I will just say though, as far as winning, Marvel's still way ahead because they are making like tons of money every single outing anymore. So they are. I'm just saying that, again, for me personally, what do I get more excited for? All this like HBO stuff because we've had less of it and it's different than what we're getting with Marvel. Though I will say I'm really pumped for Shang-Chi. Like that's the first, oh, yeah. this is the first Marvel movie I've been, except for what we're going to talk about to- probably towards the end. Shang-Chi is like the first Marvel movie I've been excited about for a really long time. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So my last bit of news before we get to like the big thing that I kind of want to end on um first cowboy bebop images have surfaced and boy talk about not being excited for something that's how i feel about this yeah um i was talking with mike about this earlier today i think apart from Faye, like the character designs look good they look like mm-hmm. uh the characters in the anime I think that the ship looks really good. It looks like the common room from the anime kind of gives Firefly vibes a little bit. Yeah. But again, this live action show, what is it going to add to this universe that the anime couldn't? And for me, the answer is nothing. Yeah. It's like you're going with a perfect anime. In my opinion, I've not seen many. I've seen enough to know that this one is perfect. And then you're going, we're going to do this live action because a live action anime has always been as good, if not better than the regular anime. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you could have like kill, killed it on every single aspect. And it's like, at best case, you're going to be not as good. So what's the point? Yeah. All right. Uh, let me get through the rest of my stuff before that big thing. So I, uh, I'm I'm sorry about butchering this name. Yasser Lester, who worked on Black Monday, is set to write the Armor Wars show for Disney Plus, and Don Cheadle will be the voice of Rhodey in that. And I guess will be like a big part of that. So he's just the voice. So it's an animated thing. I thought it was live action. Is it? I guess well, I mean, neither I, of us knows. Yeah, I mean, I just I just I just assumed it was live action this whole time. So I mean. That's what I would have preferred because if they're going to go cartoon again, like they do did for uh, what if that'd be disappointing because that right. animation looks terrible. Right. Yeah. I guess I don't really know then. I, what I read was the voice of, but okay, so it, mu- it mean, must be, it's hard telling anymore. Um, and then, so Mike Mignola and Christopher golden are adapting their Hellboy prose novel called Bones of Giants into a comic book that comes out this November. And the art will be done by Matt Smith, not the Doctor Who actor. Um, But the Matt Smith that did my favorite story from Starman. Oh, well, there you go. That's a fun fact. And apparently the story mixes Hellboy and Norse mythology. So, (laughs) boy, 
Uh, if you can imagine, Jake's pretty excited for this one. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And then uh, finally, I was doing the FOC order for DC this past week. And I think I really missed this announcement, but there's a series coming out called Titans United. I had no idea this was a thing. It's going to be written by Kevin Scott, who does um, High Republic. And then the art will be done by Jose Luis. And the little blurb they gave is that the Titans face their greatest challenge, their own powers. Nightwing, Donna Troy, Superboy, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, and Red Hood kick off a thrilling new case that will lead one of their own to question not only their place on the team, but their very existence. So uh, the cover is really, really nice. And apart from all those characters I listed, the cover also has Hawk and Dove on it too. So um, I'm pretty excited for it. The art looks fantastic. I love all the members. They're, they're definitely using all the members from the Titan show, but I'm okay with that because I like the Titan show. And uh, yeah, that's going to be a seven issue thing. I'm looking forward to it. I hope that it's good. Am I like, remembering wrong but didn't we get like a preview for this because like that team because i remember it being weird that jason was on like maybe it was in the annual i was like that's weird that jason's here like such a like did was that like am i imagining that am i crazy i i don't know i don't know like i really thought that now i'm like really thinking it might have been in the the teen titans annual that we read like it might have had like because it had like 10 different stories right you know so I'm, yeah, I'm maybe thinking it was maybe it was like i don't remember the title at all but i just remember you know vaguely remember this lineup and being like that's a weird lineup but whatever it is a weird lineup but it's cool i like all of them so i'm looking forward yeah. to that for sure um let's see was that everything it might have been everything yes on to you okay so last night they actually leaked the no way home trailer it's very much not completed and it's someone recording onto tiktok from their phone uh, from a phone so like the, it's a phone sitting down here they're recording up here and it's the <laughs> worst possible quality to watch Dude, something this thing on. is in like 16p <laughs> yeah and like you're squinting like the tweets were great because it's like they're like oh it was the one where it's the lady where she's like looking you know and it's yeah. like me looking for matt murdoch throughout the no way for a home trailer and like but and like there's a lot of stuff that's not completed all that stuff but the the end end scene where it's mr parker pretty awesome you knew exactly who that was and then the other big thing that came out today was the leaked images from the set did you see those no i didn't do you want me to spoil them for you yeah, go ahead. I'm going to Google it anyways. All right. So in it is Andrew Garfield and a very blurry Bully Maguire, a.k.a. Toby Maguire. Really? Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. I mean, it's like something that we already knew was going to happen, but there was like enough people saying Marvel wouldn't lie to us. <laughs> why would they do such a thing? Yeah. Like, why would they want us to be, you know, be surprised at the theater. I know. 
But yeah, I mean, this is one of those movies where it's like, it's not going to live up to the hype. Like, it's going to be like, I mean, it's going to get hype to the point where it's like the new Star Wars that came out that everyone was like, that, you, you know, we've been waiting for forever. And then it's like, oh, it's not as good as we had hoped. But it's also like, how could it be? Just like this one. It might be a fine movie, but if it doesn't have every possible thing that we could ever want in a Spider-Man movie and then some, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> I agree. They it's it's way too uh, ambitious. Yeah. So I mean, like I'm hoping I'm hoping it's gonna be great, but it's like like I said, it's like people like since they haven't given us anything, people are already deciding. Like it's very WandaVision where people are already deciding like, oh, this is gonna happen. Then everyone's rolling with it, and then when that doesn't happen, they're gonna be like, this is a terrible time. I hate it. Oh, I know. Like the the fans are their own worst enemy. They're yeah. they're gonna be like, oh man, this is gonna happen, and then this character's gonna show up, and then that comic book's gonna skyrocket to their first appearance, and someone's gonna overpay, and then Jake's gonna laugh at them. <laughs> but that that's the snowball effect. It yeah. all starts with people getting their hopes up. Yeah. All right. But that's that's all. Like, how are you? How excited are you for this movie, though? Really quick. I mean, I know we're not the biggest Tom Holland MCU Spider-Man fans, but and it's like not even like a Tom Holland thing. It's just the MCU Spider-Man. Right. Yeah, that's really all it comes down to. It's like I haven't been thrilled with him. Like he was from what I've seen, he was the best in like Civil War and Civil War. What isn't even like that high up on my list by any means, but uh his solo movie the first one was fine i like i still haven't even seen the second one so it's like i mean i'll get to this eventually i'll probably see it sooner than later just because i don't want spoilers like even though they'll spoil the movie as much as they can leading up to it i still want to see it before everyone else spoils the rest of it for me but i don't know like from one to ten i'm probably like a five yeah, see, like, after seeing the Bully Maguire and Andrew Garfield stuff, I'm, like, I'm probably an eight right now in excitement, even though I'm, like, I'm probably going to be disappointed, but whatever. I'm here for the ride. Right. All right. Well, that is the end of the news, so we'll take our ad break, and then we'll be back and talk some comics. So we'll be right back. All right. Thanks for listening to the ad, guys. And again, Jake uh, complains about an unruly customer. So if you want to hear all about that, uh, go check out our YouTube channel. Maybe he's talking about you. Yeah. Maybe I cursed in your name. Who knows? But anyway, now is time for the Hour Man comic talk segment extravaganza (laughs) extravaganza it has a new name every week (laughs) casey which books did you read okay so i read gamma flight godzilla monsters and protectors catwoman noctera clown hunter shazam flash superman and the authority and that's it what about you man I read Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters number three, Nightwing 83, Moon Knight number two, Clown Hunter, Catwoman 34, Superman and the Authority number two, 
and Shazam number two. Nice. Trying to get mine all situated so we or all right. Do you want to go first or me too? Sure, I can go first. All right. Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters number three. Uh, this was written by Charles Soule, and it was illustrated by Luke Ross and David Messina. This comic is showing yet again a scene that I've already seen in like three other books. Uh, this time it's just from uh, the point of view of Vader and like Chewie and Lando and Boba. They're, those are like the two main groups going on. Vader is basically telling Jabba the Hutt and everyone at this auction that uh, it doesn't matter who won the auction, Vader and the Empire are walking out of here with Han uh, which is cool. I think Vader is very in character. Charles Soule writes everybody very well. And, uh, you know, the other group is fine, too. Chewie wants to uh, wants to fight Boba, but they're all trying to work together for some reason to get Han out of here. And then Luke shows up because he thinks it'll be a good idea to uh, to show up and help his friends, but somehow forgets that Vader can sense him like he has prior to this spot. <laughs> uh, so that's a bit goofy. Uh, yeah. And then at the end, Vader's like, Luke, come down here and face me so we can finish fighting or I'm just going to cut Han in half. And that's where it ends. Now, I have a really quick question just for the Star Wars guy. Why is it that Vader even cares about Han? He gave him to Boba. Boba's supposed to deliver him. And now he's like, psych, taking him back. I guess he just wants him for his ties to the Rebels or Luke. Um, Why give him up in the first place then? Dude, I, I don't okay, know. Okay, I'm, I, yeah. I mean, really, if you think about it, Cloud City happened before this. So he's like, okay, Boba, here's Han, transport him. Boba flies off, but then, you know, shenanigans happens and they, they get him back. So I guess he's like, I guess I'll take matters into my own hands at this point. Yeah. But it's just like, if I hadn't seen this stuff in like two other books, this would have been way better. But man, like, I'm not like mad or upset at this series. I'm just like over it, you know? Well, I mean, would you still just read like the main series or are you just not going to even check out the because I yeah. know you're like reading everything right now. I am. And here's the thing. In the back is the checklist. This is what we have to left. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. They have this going through October, man. And it might go past that. Who knows? But it's like, dude, I'm not reading one, two, let's see, it's 12 more comics about this. And then yeah. the six issue miniseries after this. It's like, dude, give me a break, Marvel. Marvel just, I mean, this is molestation, man. It's crazy. <laughs> every every event has to be a $500 endeavor. 
Well, it's called an event for a reason. It's craziness. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like the issue is fine overall. I guess, you know, I give it, give it like a five or a six out of 10. I'm just, I'm, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. I got you, man. Okay. So next up, or actually first up for me is gamma flight by my best friend, Al Ewing and Crystal (laughs) Frazier with land Medina on the art. And I'm actually going to say, I'm going to say something surprising. I liked it. Wow. Um, this is like a very pocket. Like, this is a thing though. If you're reading this because you're like, I like a team book. Don't read it. Al Ewing does not know how to write team books. This is a puck heavy issue, which it's nice. Cause puck is the best character in Marvel, let alone in this book. Like he's just super cool. Al writes them really well. I was like, I half expected him to be like making him go boo hoo. I'm short now. I wish I was tall and make him like really just a sad sack character, but no, he writes some really fun. He writes, there's a lot of little things that like, like he starts off going, talking about all the different cool stuff he's done. He's like, my name is Eugene Judd and I was transformed when I was a boy. I wanted adventure and I set out to look for it to see all there was to be seen in the world. I fought in Spain and in space. I've hunted gods and caged demons. I've been a wanted criminal and can, and can Nanada's national hero. I've lived and I've died. And I've seen hell and the hell below that. A life like mine, it changes a man. I'm like, that's great. Fantastic. And then, but then like, as far as focusing on the other characters, they don't do a good job of that. And then like, it'll go back, cut back to the doctor who's also with, um, oh, Rick, whose body is connected to like a little kid. It's weird. And she is uh this the doctor lady she's transgendered and if you forgot from the last issue where a character made you know an idiotic thing you know said an idiotic thing you'll remember from this one because she brings it up again because al ewing has to remind you every single chance he gets that this character is transgendered and this one was like really kind of off-putting this time because um like the monster can't like it can't communicate properly because Rick and the little, the little boy are connected. And so she's like, she's like, I want you to toss this ball from one hand to the, he's like, I'm not a kid. I know. I know when parts of my mind won't work together. I give it something simple to focus on. Cause this is what I did when uh, I was transitioning. And it's like, ow, like maybe I'm like looking at this wrong, but it's like transgender people aren't monsters. Like stop comparing them to <laughs> monsters. Like maybe if like you're reading this and you're transgendered and you're like, no, this is fine. It's like, he actually wrote this really well. And maybe I'm just looking into it too well. Like, I'm just like, man, this is like pretty stupid. But other than that, it was, it was, this is like a, actually the best series that Al's written in a while. But all in all, I'm going to give this a seven out of 10 because I had very low expectations and I actually really enjoyed it. It's uh, puck heavy. So if you're not a puck fan, you know, get your brain checked, but you know, it's just like, if you want a team book, don't read it. Cause Al does not know how to write teams. All right. Next, I will talk about nightwing 83, which is written by Tom Taylor and the art is done by Bruno Redondo. This book, yeah, I I don't know how I feel about it. 
the art is really good. Also, Casey, are your docs okay? <laughs> yeah, that's she's just crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so yeah, spoilers by the way. Dick finally, I guess, just reveals just how much he, money he got from Alfred. Alfred, um, Dick's a billionaire now, which I thought was like billions is what he got from Alfred. And I expected maybe like a million dollars or something, but Dick's now a billionaire. And, uh, you know, he just, he talks with like all of his friends and all the different teams he works, he's worked with and goes and talks to Superman about the, these ideas that he has and then holds a press conference and is like, Hey, uh, I have a billion dollars and I don't feel good having that much money. So I'm going to just give it all away to Bloodhaven through various projects and whatever. And basically, anytime you've ever talked to somebody you know, and they were like, oh, man, if I had a billion dollars, I'd change the world. And this is how I do it. This is exactly what Tom Taylor is doing. But in this book and with Dick Grayson, it's like, OK, dude, like. None, none of this is like practical, and I guess you can do it here because it's a comic book, but it's like. This is just Tom Taylor being that guy from college that you ran back into. And he was like, Oh man, if I had a billion dollars, this is how I'd fix the world right now. It's like, we're going to get that with a uh, Sonic Cal too. You know that, right? Probably because in this book, when he's talking to Superman, which like the character moments are good. Mm -hmm. Tom Taylor's a, a fine writer. Um, but Superman's like, Oh, by the way, um, I might be leaving for a while and a lot of a lot of burdens going to fall on my son. I would appreciate it if uh, if you could give him some guidance if he ever needs it. And Dick's like, if you think I'm the, the person to do that, then I'd you know, I'd love to talk with your son and all that's fine. And it was a really cool moment in this book um, because Dick brings up how Superman like helped give him his name and all that stuff, which was all really cool. It's just the overall idea. It's like, man, like this is this isn't what I want to see in a Nightwing book, you know. Um, I don't know. Blockbuster's also doing some shady stuff behind the scenes, and this guy that like steals hearts makes an appearance again at the end. And uh, I guess all of this will pick back up after Fear State, but it's like, dude, just give me like blockbuster trying to take over bloodhaven and wrap up this whole dick's got a surprise sister thing that i don't think is that great either don't give me the i'm gonna change the world because i'm a billionaire and i know how how it would go down like if that were going to happen at this point i think it would have happened personally yeah <laughs> what i think what i would love though is like because i saw like the end where batman's like i'm proud of you He's like yeah. looking at the picture, you know, and I just would have loved if Batman's like Nightwing orangs don't grow on trees. <laughs> I don't have any money right now. This would right. have been very helpful for both of us just to give us some and so we can keep saving the city. But no, you're giving it to charity. 
Well, and one of the people Dick talks to is Lucius. <laughs> it's like, hey, I know you've got all of Bruce's money. Here's what I'm going to do with it. What do you think? And Lucius is like, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's like, that's, that's fine. That's great. I don't care. Yeah. I have exactly. a bunch of money. I'm not doing this. Right. So I, I don't know, man. It's just like, it's a fine read. But if this is going to be the focus, I just, I don't know. Like I'm personally, and I'm not convinced Tom Taylor can write uh, good stories without like just trying to do like feed into emotion. Like he can get characters done well. He can do character moments really well, but it's like when it gets to like actual like storytelling, it's just like no, we have to feed on the emotions. We don't actually have to tell a story. And right. you know, I've not seen anything of his where it's like actually trying to tell a good story it's just him trying to feed off emotions right uh and also i forgot to mention it but he and barbara have a romantic moment again and have this big dramatic kiss and it's like okay so he's uh hooking up with starfire in one book and he's with barbara in this one and it just makes it i i hate love triangles (laughs) well at least this time barbara kissed him so it's like He's now cheating on Starfire, unlike before when he hooked up with Starfire and then Barbara walked in and was like, oh, no, and she left. So it's like, (laughs) she was on the other foot, Starfire. Well, it isn't great either way. (laughs) I don't I don't know what to give it out of 10. Um, Probably like a six because I do. The art is like. 10 out of 10 for sure yeah i like the art a lot yeah um it's just i i need to see where it's going and and i'm getting less and less excited with each issue because he's either stupid and like gets knocked out and has his identity revealed to everybody or he's like if i had a billion dollars i could fix the world and it's like, gosh, is this is this really even that much better than Rick? <laughs> what well, I will say one thing. I'm very disappointed that he wasn't like there was one whole issue that Tom, you know, Tom Taylor didn't make it go. Does Nightwing go, if I had a billion dollars? He like looks at Barbara, <laughs> I would buy you a house. And then he yeah, just does the whole bare naked lady song. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a pretty rad issue. It would. Just like I'd be like the filler issue. Like, why did I read this? <laughs> and why am I giving it a 10 out of 10? <laughs> okay, so next up, I have Godzilla, Monsters and Protectors. And this is number five. It's Rise Up, part five. And it's by uh, Eric Burnham with Dan Shewing on the art. And I just want to show the cutest boy. Yep. on the cover the dogs are going crazy just for his cuteness <laughs> um but yeah it's, you got baby godzilla on the movie cover which is just great the story itself again it's just fine like there's nothing about it that makes me go like oh boy i can't wait for the next one but you know you get some biolante fighting godzilla then you have them kind of make a mental link with godzilla to show that oh yeah the the earth is in good hands you don't have to kill us all and godzilla's like <laughs> Okay, but you better keep your word because I can come back at any time and murder you all. Right. And they're like, okay. So, and then there's some, you know, hints of aliens at the end. And that's how it ends. And it's, like I said, it's perfectly fine. I just, I'm not a huge fan of this art. 
And that's kind of like what throws me off the most. These fight scenes could be a lot cooler with a uh, different art. But yeah, for the most part, I'm just going to give it up. Like it's fine. I'm going to give it a six out of 10. Okay. Uh, the last of the ones I read by myself is Moon Knight number two. And this was written by Jed McKay and art was done by Alessandro Capuccio. And yeah, overall, like I said, I'm, I'm digging this. Uh, this guy comes into Moon Knight's like business or whatever. He's like, hey, I was attacked by a bunch of elderly vampires. <laughs> He's like, but I didn't want to fight them back because these are all people from my building and one of them is my mother and I know them and I don't want to hurt them. And uh, they were also all saying the same thing at the same time, like the weird hive mind thing. So Moon Knight's like, yeah, okay, I'll help you out. Uh, So he goes with them to his building and the janitor has uh, some sort of psychic powers and he was projecting that to all the elderly people uh, in the building through his sweat which is kind of gross because he said that he was slowly just adding his sweat to the building's water supply and old people I guess have like a low tolerance for that sort of thing so that's I don't like that at all yeah yeah nobody does nobody does but uh but anyway, uh, eventually the guy gets uh, the kid who initially came to Mark about this problem under his spell too, and he's holding Mark at gunpoint. Mark's like, okay, hold up. Instead of making me fight these people and hurt them, you lay off and I will agree to like taste some of your sweat straight from the source and uh if i'm able to beat you i hate that i know if i'm able to like overcome it you have to stop and the guy's like yeah okay i haven't had a challenge in a while so mark hands him like a little moon orang gets some sweat on it and licks it and then we go into this weird thing where this guy is inside um, Mark's head and anybody that knows Moon Knight knows that he has split personality disorder so going inside of his head is a real doozy uh, but we get some really cool art like this right here um, and that is really cool yeah and Mark is like there's, there's nothing you can do to this mind uh, you can't control it because someone else will just take over and uh you know metaphorically wraps this guy up and uh and wins and the guy just kind of goes crazy and and gets knocked out or whatever so uh yeah saves the day it was kind of a filler issue but then at the end we we see that new character again who's like wants to be conchu's you know left-hand man or whatever and I think he's finally going to introduce himself to Moon Knight the next issue. But despite the weird like drinking sweat stuff, like this yeah. is a really cool issue. The art's good, and uh, you know the the vampire aspect is pretty neat. Like Mark's receptionist is a vampire. Um, it's just cool. I really like it. I, I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. 
Nice, man. How what could what would have made it a ten out of ten? I know we're timed, but who cares? The sweat thing's goofy. I you know, gotcha. Like it it wasn't like so dumb that I'm like, ugh, like this issue is just weird. Like it's just kind of like, oh, that's gross. But if yeah. that's how he can do it, then that's how he does it. I gotcha. All right, so I should have two books left. I should have like done the math in my head when we counted, but whatever. So Nocturne number six this is by Scott Snyder and Tony S. Daniel. Um, this issue's like kind of it's fine. Like you get more stuff kind of figuring out that oh yeah, the the old dude's betraying them. There's some really cool action scenes in it. That's like the action scenes themselves are cool, but there's like every once in a while a few scenes where like Nocturne kind of looks silly, but throughout it's still pretty awesome there's a lot of like crazy murder scenes with the monsters and then it it ends really cool and you know it's it's pretty fun i don't i'm not a huge fan of, like the storytelling where like Noctar is telling this story so you know she's gonna make it out alive at least to a good you know until she gets to the part where she's telling the story then she might die but you're not that worried about her yet and so like that's you know not my favorite way of telling a story but other than that it's really good the story's solid the art's good i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten okay and then my last one between us is or without without you is the flash and this is very much just a filler issue you get you know picking up where the last one left off with old um Oh, oh, first it's by Jeremy Adams and Will Conrad on the art. The art's fantastic. And you got Heatwave burning down stuff and Flash finds him and he's like, hey, why are you doing this, bud? You were a good guy. And he's like, oh, I'm dying. And he's like, oh, man, I'll get you some help. And, you know, it's basically, it's very much like that Justice League Unlimited episode where he like, he just sits down and talks to the trickster instead of beating the crap out of him. It's very much the same vibe which is perfect. I loved it. And then at the end, Waller's like, hey, let me put a bomb on your neck and you can come work for me. And he's like, oh boy, will I? And so then he's going to be in Suicide Squad. So, in all honesty, I love this issue. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. The art's great. The story's great. Like, they're, the people that work with Mr. Terrific are kind of numbskulls like that's the one downside to this whole thing is like they're like talking like man we need something that can conduct electricity really well the aluminum's just burning up too quick what could we use and wally's like well you could use copper or silver and it's like that's basic level stuff like mr Trific needs to hire better people because that's like that's basic i knew that and i'm not that smart but other than that, this is a great book, and I'm really excited for the next, you know, however many issues this is going to be going on. So, yeah, like I said, this is a filler. So, Jake, jump on the next one. You'll like it, probably. Okay. I'll I like say it. that, and the next one's going to be like the Wally West washes cars in a Speedo all day <laughs> issue. <laughs> Dude, you explaining that just I, I'm just thinking of that episode now and tricks are yeah. going got me again flash yeah like it wasn't that funny but it was just it was very much like hey like he you know he put out the fires and he's like hey man what are you doing this is not you blowing people up killing kids that's not something you do what's going on I know I know how you are 
this isn't right. Yeah. And he tells me, and he's like, you're, you're not okay. Are you? And he's like, no, you know, he's like, it's like, okay, I'm going to take you. You're going to go to prison. And then I have a doctor friend that's going to talk to you and help you get better. And it's like, that's awesome. Batman would have just broke his legs. <laughs> <laughs> There's the episode title. Yep. Batman would have just <laughs> broke his legs. <laughs> Every time I talk about Flash, we just come up with the title. It's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's do Clown Hunter, Catwoman, Superman, Shazam. Sounds good to me. We make yeah. we weren't 100% this time. I had it Shazam, Superman, my, my layout. Uh, All right. So Batman Secret Files, Clown Hunter. This is written by Ed Brisson and art by Rosie Camp. I'll be honest, man. I was pretty uh, lukewarm on this. What were your thoughts on it? That's about my feelings. I mean, the art in it, it's really good in parts. Other parts, I'm like, eh. And then, like, Punchline, I just don't like that character. She's just terrible. Because, again, she's like, well, I knew this was going to happen. So, yes. It's like, stop it. Why is she so good? Because she's the punchline to every joke, duh. But yeah, I mean, the my favorite part was when Jason showed up at the end. I thought that was really cool, and it also makes like a hundred percent perfect sense for him to be Clown Hunter's trainer. But yeah, like I, I, I thought it was like a perfectly fine book, but it's nothing that I'd be like, "Look, guys, you need to read this." Right. If you're invested in the character, check it out. I'll say that. All right. I'm probably going to give it a five. That's about where I'm at, too. I'll say five and a half because I think I liked it just a tiny bit more than you. All right. So Catwoman, number 34. And this is by Ram V with Fernando Blanco on the art. And what's your initial thoughts, my friend? It was pretty cool. Um. I I don't know, like a part of me feels like Batman only helped out because he knew that Selena and this guy kind of had a thing going on. <laughs> and he was like, well, I can't let that happen. So I'm going to make sure he knows that Batman's the best around. <laughs> um, I mean, but I got that. I, I do get that. But I also think like it's weird to me that Batman didn't try to help. I, I know he said he was like, oh, I'm not going to. But it's like. There's a psycho killer. You should help. There's no yeah. reason for you not to, man. But I actually, I, I liked it. The only downside, I love this art at times. Like, it's so weird. The action scenes are not the best, though. Dude, exactly my thoughts. I was going to bring this up. Like, yeah, faces it's... are amazing. And like even like this, the parts where like they're not trying to do action, but like then the fight scenes, which this has, what should have been some awesome fight scenes between Catwoman and um, oh the hot topic douchebag, but you know doesn't actually like they don't actually pan out. But yeah, like I I still really like this issue, but yeah, it's just like little little things throughout that just kind of threw me off. But yeah. like. Like th- this, this fight scene here should have been yeah. a thousand times better than it was. Yeah, I agree. 
but yeah i mean outside of that it was still it's still really well written like Ramvi's really killing it on this book i'm probably like odds are i won't keep reading it after he leaves but right now it's pretty great yeah oh you rate it uh it's probably an eight for me yeah it's i was gonna say i'll i'll say seven then since he went eight because i was gonna say eight All right, now we've got Superman and the Authority, which is written by Grant Morrison. And I found out how to pronounce the main artist's name this week, Casey. And my goodness, have we been screwing it up royally. <laughs> It'd be funny if it was like Frank Trotsky. Like... <laughs> so the artists are Travel Foreman, Evan Cagle, Biko Osio. And then the man who we've been calling Michael Jannon is actually Mikhail Hanin because oh, okay. I watched an interview where they introduced him. So Mikhail Hanin, who, by the way, is a phenomenal artist, as we always mm-hmm. say, the art in this book was really cool in all of the, you know, it's like a different artist per character where they're assembling this team. But yeah, Hanin's art is the best. But anyway, the only, the- the only art in it that I didn't really care for, though, was, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, but the Midnighter and Apollo art, I wasn't hot on. Like, Midnighter looked cool, but it's also hard to make Midnighter look not cool. But Apollo's face just looked kind of wonky at points. I did not like it. He looks like a child, honestly. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I was, you, you said it perfectly, where Midnighter looks amazing, and then the rest is kind of weird. But, uh, but what do you think of the story? Uh, for the most part, I liked it. The uh, the last bit with Enchantress was a bit weird. I'm not 100% sure what's going on. But other than that, I liked it. What about you? Yeah, uh, that part was like super weird, but in a good way. Like this is what Grant excels at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, w- it was very much a Grant Morrison story, but... I liked it, and I'm sure she's going to be really cool when she joins the team. So I, I'm really looking forward to the next issue. But I'm also like, not even the whole team's assembled, and we're looking at issue three out of four coming up. Right. And maybe maybe this whole, it's like, this is part one of the series, is the two out of four that they're going to do Superman Authority what they're actually going up against. I don't know. But I loved how they got Apollo and Midnighter. It's just like, oh, hey, you want to team up with Superman? And they're like, would we? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good. And the way Grant writes Superman, it's just like, boy, you can just just write him forever and I'll be happy with it because you get this character so wonderfully. Yeah, I agree. Well, would you rate it? Uh, this will be a nine for me. Also a nine for me. The only nice. the one point is for the not so great art on yeah. the one part. So. And then also like I mean I like the weird story, but at the same time I'm like I'm not 100 sure what's going on. And so it might be better once we have it all collected, but we'll see. Right. But boy, that team's gonna be brutal, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a stack team. <laughs> yeah, it's like who are they fighting? Which, but you know, Superman's like, hey, I need a team because I'm starting to slip. So it's like, well, he's doing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so last up for us is Shazam by Tim Sheridan and uh, Clayton Henry on the art. And I really like this. What do you think? I thought this was great. I really, really like this issue. Tim Sheridan. I mean, hey, Timmy, if you're listening, you're killing it, man. Yeah. Because he really is. Like he, it like his Teen Titans book. It's like at worst solid. At best, it's really good. And then this has been fantastic. The end, like, was like you knew something was coming because they kind of laid it on a little thick. But it's pretty dang cool. And. The only downside, like the only part that I was like, I was like, oh, this is a little lame is like the demon girl that likes Billy. That's nice. It's like, you're a demon. Get out of here with just being a nice person. Yeah. The, uh, my, my only beef is like, they keep talking about how brutal hell is and then they get to hell and this girl's nice and helps them. It's like, yeah. dude, come on. It's hell. Yeah. Outside of that, it's still such a fun good time book like yeah i i mean i don't know how anyone could read this and be like oh, i don't like it right i mean it's it's a very short and sweet series i'm bummed it's only four i hope that it gets more too uh and i don't know if it was like this for you but it read so dang quick like i was like that's it and i know it's a normal size book but i'm still like dang yeah i, I really just hope one- Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, just one last thing. I just really hope Tim Sheridan gets to keep, like, I'm not saying, like, we need more Shazam, but I hope he's like, oh, well, now here is me writing about, uh, what's the speedster's name that's in the Teen Titans? Uh, Bolt. Yeah, like, what? I, this is me now writing the four-issue series on Bolt, and I'm going to flesh out the team this way also. Right. That'd be great. I agree. I, I really hope that that does happen now. Um. But yeah, like I I was looking forward to this one the most because I liked the first issue so much, but then it felt like it was over in 10 seconds. So yeah. Like, oh, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, 9 out of 10 for me. I'm going to give it a 10 because it was one of those things where it's just like, I mean, there's little petty complaints story-wise, but nothing that's going to make, you know, I just enjoyed it too much for that to really draw back on it. Right. All right. Well, Casey, what are you excited for this upcoming week? So Batman Superman, I know this like this same story has been going on for forever now, but it's not stopped being entertaining at all. So I'm like really excited for more of that. Um, Let's go with Robin, since I remembered to tell you that I wanted it this time. So that's exciting that I'll actually get to read it and talk about it with you on the podcast. And then Superman versus Lobo. I'm really pumped for that. I hope I, I'm hoping Tim Steely makes it fun, which I think he's going to. I hope so too. Uh, for me, I'm going to say uh, Mr. Miracle and the Source of Freedom. That one's pretty cool. Uh, Norse mythology. That one's always good. I would have said Robin as well, but just to be different, uh, I'll say runes, which is that weird uh, small press viking book that i read um a few weeks ago and really enjoyed nice man yeah well i think that means it's a fantastic four time indeed so this is going to be the fantastic four trilogy um so this week why don't you give me your four favorite comic book characters of all time 
it's tricky, dude, to just pick four. I know. Thor and Nightwing, like those two, take no thought at all. Um, and I was like looking at my my bookshelf behind me of all my trades, and I was like, man, who do I have like the most of? I I don't know. Um, I guess like I'll do one more Marvel and one more DC just to keep it even. I'll say probably Iron Fist and Doctor Fate. Nice. Uh, for me, I'm gonna go with uh, Hercules, Nova, which is like Hercules and Nova. They're in a book together. I should be reading it, but it's trash, so I'm not. And then um, I'll go with Superman. I'm just always like Superman's literally been one of my favorite characters since I was a kid. Like I like Batman still, and I had like a lot of Batman toys growing up because the animated series. But you know, the comic book character itself, as you know, I've lost interest in over the years. With Superman, it's like at his worst, I'm like, oh yeah, I punched guys. But then at his best, I'm like, I moved to tears. And then, and like like you, I like to do two and two so i'm gonna say like one that always comes to mind and this is why i'm so excited about the news this that you know came out this week he's not a character i read a lot of but i've always loved him ever since i was a kid and that's ben Grimm. he's even though i said i I said i'm stupid i said three marvel oh well who cares like it's like man who is he talking about what yeah character (laughs) that's okay the thing is also one of my favorite DC characters, bud. Yeah, I know. He was. You should. Re- you should really read uh, Grant Morrison's run on the thing <laughs> in, from DC Comics. <laughs> yeah, tell me you wouldn't love that, though. <laughs> oh, I would. All right. Well, I think that's the end of the episode, huh? Yeah, man. All right, guys. Closing plugs. Um, if you would, please go to our Facebook page at facebook.com/slash/two-worlds-podcast and give our page a like. You can also find mostly Casey on Twitter at two underscore world underscore PC. You can find me being more interactive over on Instagram at two worlds pod. You can also email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And also, please go to our YouTube channel, which is just two worlds podcast, and uh, subscribe. And uh, help us out with the old algorithm there. Like and uh, comment on the vids. Tell us your favorite DC thing story, you know? <laughs> or maybe just tell us your four favorite characters. See if we have any matching yeah. ones. That'd be pretty cool. I genuinely want to know everyone's four favorite characters. So please yeah. tell us. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, we'd love to stay in chat, but Casey has to eat me. All right. Bye, guys. Yum. Bye. <laughs>